When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Leeds, Leeds, Leeds podcast. And yes, this is not Jamie Lewis. This is his colleague, Baron Cross. I'm a digital sports writer at Leeds Live. Joe is on holiday. He's uh, he's sunning himself for the last few days before the season starts and he'll be back with us next week. I'm actually joined by Christian Johnson, one of our news reporters. Christian. Hello, hello. Very privilege. I do like jumping in on these Leeds United podcasts when I can, so uh, I'll do my best. I think the last few times you've filled in for me, haven't you? This is the first time you and I have sat down together. But yes, it's um, another edition of the podcast. It, um, it's been a week or two now, I'd say, and plenty's been going on at, um, at Leeds. So um, I think Christian and I are going to run through a few of the latest subjects and look ahead to Sunday as well. Yeah, it's been, like you say, it's, a lot has happened since the last time we spoke to, mm-hmm. uh, to you guys. And the biggest, I guess, is the transfers uh, the last time one of these podcasts yeah. came out not a lot had happened around Leeds in terms of ins or outs a lot has happened now Baron yeah. do you want to fill us in on, on the, the ins and outs absolutely yeah I mean I, I can't quite recall the last time we, we put a podcast out there but um, but certainly within the last week or so there has been a fair bit of movement in and out of the club so to recap then um, I'm pretty sure the last time we recorded was after the loan captures of, of Lewis Baker and Jamal Blackman so they both came in on loan deals season long loan deals from Chelsea um, and it's fair to say they didn't sort of capture the imagination. Loan deals generally aren't going to be sort of um, as exciting as senior um, permanent deals, I should say. So those two came in and then there was a, a fairly prolonged gap. Um, off the top of my head, I'd say it was you know a couple of weeks before we saw um, the, the first permanent signing. And, and thankfully last Saturday, so we're recording on Thursday the 2nd of August. And it was last Saturday that, um, that Barry Douglas was announced from Wolverhampton Wanderers and what a signing I yeah mean, just well, how much of a coup is he because obviously he went up with Wolves last year and they, they're, they're splashing the cash yeah. now in the Premier League that's not to suggest that the players that took him up last year were, were bad at all Barry Douglas was right up there in terms of the best defenders in the league quite right yeah I mean it, it really was a, a phenomenal turn of events to, to pull this guy in uh, towards um, I think it was it was in the aftermath of the Oxford game so there was the, the friendly Oxford United that was on the 24th of July um, if my uh, my math serves me right so that was the 24th and in the days after that uh, reports came out of the West Midlands Wolves were clearly briefing journalists um, in the West Midlands that there was this interest from Leeds and it was moving quickly so um, as is um, the nature of this 24 hour news cycle things move on very quickly talk of medicals agreed fees agreed terms and it wasn't until Saturday that we actually saw some pictures. The, the beauty of social media, there is a, a paparazzi photographer hiding in everybody. It's played a big part in this transfer window, isn't it? Huge, yeah. So so Douglas was photographed uh, outside Ellen Road on Saturday afternoon and then it was a waiting game really. And then the news came at 6pm um, on Saturday evening that Douglas had signed for an undisclosed three and a three-year deal. Um, a, a number of reports um, would suggest it was around the three or four million pound mark, which, if that's anywhere near being true, is is incredible. It's I a mean, brilliant bit of business. That for the number of assists, I think it was five goals and fourteen assists last yes, season from left yeah. back as well. That is outstanding. It was it was amazing. I mean, that, that's that, there's so many facets of this deal which do make it such such brilliant news for the club. So Douglas, of course, as you say, Christian went up with Wolverhampton Wanderers last year. Um, I only saw him the once. I saw him at Ellen Road. Um, 
in Bailey Keith Peacock Farrell's first game of the season after the uh, the loss to Middlesbrough and Douglas really stood out him and Matt Doherty who was playing on the right for Wolves they were fantastic and um, like you say when, when a player plays such a vital role in a promotion winning side you would assume he then gets the benefit of the doubt and is allowed to continue into the Premier League so when this name came out there it was very very hard to believe we've spoken to people in the West Midlands colleagues at Birmingham Live who have confirmed given us reasons why it, it comes down to how ruthless Nuno is at Wolves how keen they are to push on and, and they, they want to build a top half Premier League club they don't want to survive they are very ambitious as we've seen from their transfer business and um, unfortunately for Barry Douglas he they clearly don't think he's going to be up to it so well, they've brought in a left back from Atletico Madrid have, it shows the standard of the players they're they getting and this. that's why they've let Douglas go Quite so right, yeah so uh, all the merry for Leeds I mean it's, it's worked out incredibly well for Leeds so like I say they've got him on a, a three-year deal arguably the, the best if not second best left wing back in the league last year because Ryan Sessegnon as we well know was a, was a phenomenon in the championship and he may well go on and tear up the Premier League as well so so yeah so Douglas was announced on Saturday um, Patrick Bamford was a name that, that really that gathered momentum over the weekend as well uh, again reports around around some vague interest in Bamford did surface at a similar time to Douglas mainly because the talks with Matej Vidra were uh, were dragging on so um, that, that clearly wasn't working for them so they, they pursued other targets obviously Victor Orta has got history with Bamford he recruited him once before at Middlesbrough as the director of football at the Riverside Stadium uh, and then ultimately Bamford was announced on the Tuesday uh, one day after Jack Harrison who was announced on a, another season-long loan deal from Manchester City um, and here we are then um, most recently Ronaldo Vieira was um, was confirmed as a departure so like I say we're, we're talking on Thursday the 2nd he was confirmed on Wednesday the 1st as an exit so we've had Douglas and Bamford in on permanent deals and we've had Harrison in on a loan deals. That's five new faces for the, for the senior first-team squad for, for Bielsa to choose from. And th- th- there's been, I think off the top of my head, 13 uh, senior departures, or, or when I say senior players that have had first-team experience. Too many to list for me now. Uh, Luke Murphy and Ronaldo Vieira, like I say, were the most recent Vieira is, is, is clearly the most high-profile. He was clearly... Were you shocked? Who... Were you shocked when he went? Because, you know, he's... he's clearly very highly rated he, yeah. he performs well for the England youth teams as well yeah. a big fee if, if it's be, to be believed around 7 million euros yes, for Vieira right. is that what's tempted Leeds? I would say so um, I think uh, again uh, I think it may have been Monday when we first sort of became aware of reports from Italy uh, sources in Italy were reporting with, with strong authority that, that Vieira um, was flying in for a medical at Sampdoria a fee had been agreed with the Whites and it was a bit of a surprise. It really caught it caught me off guard. I think it caught a few of the other guys in the press pack off guard. Um, from, were led to believe that, that Ronaldo was perfectly happy at the club. Well, he was at the kit launch on the Friday. Yes, you yeah. know, less than a week after launching the kit, being yeah. one of the players to launch the kit, he's, he's gone. You don't put people up for PR opportunities for pictures which are supposed to last for several months unless you're confident they're going to be at the club for, uh, for the long term. He was given the number eight shirts. He's, he's got a massive, massive sort of sign on the side yes. of Ellen Road. You yes. know, he is the poster boy for Leeds United, yeah, when, or when was. I first, when I first arrived in West Yorkshire and went down to Ellen Road, and, and you can see those huge pictures hanging from the side of the stadium, and, and Vieira is one of those, you know, 20 foot high, draped down the side of the uh, of the East stand. They clearly thought highly of him to do that. Yeah, so um, I mean, people will be well aware of his journey. He signed professional terms uh, a little over two years ago in May of 2016 uh, in the 16-17 season was his breakthrough years before my time but I'm led to believe he was uh, he was fantastic he was he was a uh, I can't think of, a revelation I suppose would be the right word for and for Leeds United and then last year he suffered with tendonitis which obviously there's very little he can do about 
Um, but I think that's, that, that must have come into their, their thinking on this deal. Um, I suppose when you look at that Leeds United squad and you think about the most saleable assets, you would think that, that Vieira is going to be one of those, one of the few who you thought would be able to command a fee of that size. Pontus Janssen is the one that stands out, but clearly he's not somebody there they're going to be wanting to sell Vieira. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to ignore the fact that Vieira was playing with effectively the B team in pre-season. So was Lewis Baker, so I, you know, there's only so much you can read into that. Lewis Baker clearly is, is somebody they've actively pursued at Chelsea. He's clearly got pedigree. So I wouldn't consider Lewis Baker a B team player, you know, a second string player. So, I, but by the same token, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Vieira in that in that um, that category. But, but you would have to say that perhaps Vieira maybe wasn't going to be as prominent as other midfielders like Phillips, like Forshaw, like Saez. Mateus Klich has become possibly one of the finds of pre-season. Clearly, he's played his way right back into into Bielsa's thinking. He's been brilliant whenever I've seen him play in the friendlies. And you mentioned there that's where Leeds are probably best stocked to central possibly, midfield. Possibly, I mean, uh, on the face of it, I'd agree with you, Christian. I mean, and you, and you look at it and you think on paper, you centre midfield doesn't strike you as an area which needs strengthening or reinforcing. But all the talk is that centre midfielder is, is possibly what they are after even before this old Vieira. So um, I think when you when you consider his injury problems, uh, the the uh, what looks like the suggestion that maybe he wasn't at the top of the pecking order, and the offer, you would have to think that maybe that's what's that's what's forced their hand. So I think you're right, Christian. I think in the end it's the money, and it's the the balancing off of the way that Bivier's development uh, and how much he's going to play for for Bielsa. Coming on to very quickly on an, on another in, and I'm intrigued by Patrick Bamford because he has scored goals in the Championship before. He has yes, led he has, the line yeah. well for other teams. Is he good enough to lead the line for Leeds United for an entire season? Is he that good? In a word, yes. Um, there's obviously more to it than that. Three years ago, he played in. Um, I think anybody would would agree a very very good Middlesbrough team. Um, he was the, considered the best player in the entire championship in 2014-15. Not the Golden Boot winner, not the best striker, the best player, full stop. So clearly the guy's got pedigree. That He's three years older now. You can't tell me that a player has been playing professional football um, for another three years and he hasn't improved in some way. Regardless of the stop-start nature of his career, you know it has been very difficult for him. He's had a go at Norwich, he's had a go at Burnley, he's had a go at Crystal Palace, all of which were in the Premier League. And unfortunately for him, he either hasn't been given a fair enough chance or he simply hasn't done well enough to command more appearances in the top flight. And he's found his way back to Middlesbrough. Uh, and he went back to Middlesbrough in the season they went down, uh, if people cast their minds back. So I think we're talking, we've just had the 17-18 season, so we're looking at the 16-17 season. He arrived in January 2017. Um, the back half of their relegation year didn't get much of a look in there. So last season was his uh, was his first full season at Middlesbrough as a permanent signing. Uh, he'd gone back there, of course. Previously, it was a it was a loan from from Chelsea. And last year, we're led to believe from our colleagues at Teesside Live that he had another difficult year. He began the year with Gary Monk, and Gary Monk was um, was very um, choppy and changey. As Leeds fans all know too well. a better phrase, uh, <laughs> he, he, he struggled to sort of um, work out his, his best 11 and Bamford was often one of those who would find himself on the bench and then starting the week after, week in, week out. There was a, a constant change in that situation. And when Pulis came in, it, it was fairly similar. Um, he's competing with Rudy Gishted and Britta Sombolonga for a starting position. Both of whom are more suited, I guess, to, to a Pulis style I think, of football. Yeah, I think you're right, Christian. Yeah, I think when you think about Pulis and the way he plays historically, you would have thought maybe a bit more of a... 
a physical presence like Gishted, um you think would get the nod um, in Pulis's eyes. But um, but there was a period where Bamford did play, uh, and I, I haven't got the figures to hand, but I think he roughly scored you know, seven goals in nine games or nine goals in seven games. Yeah, he so, scored a lot of his like goals in a, in a big spurt last year, a big purple patch around Easter time, I think yeah, it was, before Easter. Th- three of which, of course, were against Leeds United. <laughs> yeah. uh, a hat-trick at the Riverside Stadium, which all but ended um, Leeds United's playoff hopes. So Leeds United fans will be well aware of him. He's clearly a well-known name. Um, anybody that's played in the Championship across the last three to four years will know who Patrick Bamford is and will know that the guy's got pedigree it's just about getting things set up right around him getting the team playing the right way making him feel loved one of the things he said when he when he agreed the move was that he wants to come away and feel like the main man they've given him the number nine shirt he's got limited competition for that for that starting yeah. spot Kamar Roof is the only other recognised senior striker you've got um, you've got Ryan Edmondson and Sam Dolby who are very much going to be in the under-23s next season will only be called upon in the event of injury or suspension you would think and Tyler Roberts is, is being used out wide so he is an option up top but he looks like he's being used out wide so it looks like it's Roof or Bamford for the, for the starting spot in that 4-1-4-1 that Bielsa's favoured so I think you're right that the guy's got pedigree it's just about um, getting all the little things right behind the scenes um, to make him f- to sort of bring that out of him if you like um, to, to rediscover that form that he showed at Middlesbrough three years ago so you, you're right Christian I think if they get it right he says injury free he is good enough to lead the line for a whole season So we've mentioned the ins and the outs Harrison in there as well any more to come I know there's been mention of maybe Pennington rejoining Leeds is, yeah, is that so, likely? So uh, again uh, more of our colleagues at the Liverpool Echo on Monday they were, the, they were the first outlet to report that Leeds may have some kind of interest in bringing Pennington back for another loan spell of course um, you can cast your minds back to last season. The 23-year-old made 24 appearances for Leeds underneath Christiansen and Heckingbottom. Um, mixed reviews from fans. Obviously, uh, Twitter is always a very difficult place to go and get opinions from. Clearly, people are very opinionated and can be quite negative on there, especially so. Um, and you'd have to say, I mean, it was it, generally it was quite a poor season by Leeds United standards. Tough time to come in. Nobody particularly shined, and unfortunately for Pennington, he was one of those who who didn't particularly shine and found it difficult at times. So yes, Liverpool Echo reported that. The Sun um, then reiterated that report today on Twitter. They've said that uh, that Everton are, are keen to loan him out. Uh, Wigan and Leeds are said to be interested. Uh, Leeds Live have then chased that up. You know, we followed that up with with people that are close to Pennington, uh, and they have said that Leeds are in for Pennington, as are Wigan Athletic uh, and Bolton Wanderers, who are a, a new name that haven't been mentioned up to now. So there's three Championship clubs that are there for Pennington. Clearly, Leeds are the biggest. Clearly, Leeds finished highest last year in the football pyramid. So you would argue that the best quality of teammate would be at Leeds United. Um, it, there's also the familiarity of it. You know, Pennington would be coming back to a club that he already knows well. He's had a full season here. Many of the, the, the staff, backroom staff members are still in place. The support members are in place. Of course, that the bulk of the squad from last season is still here, so there's to be a lot of friendly faces. You would Cooper and Janssen are still there, who he played with quite regularly. Right. Quite right. That's a good point, Christian. It's, it's not just the other teammates, it's the centre-back partners he would have are still here and in situ. So you'd think it would, it would be the least effort for him to reintegrate at Thor Parch. So um, no decision been made yet. I'm keen to stress that. Nothing, no decision has been made. Um, all we know is that Leeds are one of three clubs interested. Um, it's unlikely that he will find a new club before the weekend. Um, I think in their mind, their timeline is he wants to find this this new loan club by Monday in order to start pre-season, pre-season to start training with them on Monday because obviously the season will have started by then. So I'm willing to believe Leeds is his preference. So we'll keep an eye on that. It's been a bit of a mixed reaction on Twitter to that one, but clearly 
if it does happen, Bielsa has, is on the record as saying he watched effectively every single second of first team and under 23 football for Leeds yeah. United last year. He has seen Pennington, he knows what he's going to be getting. If Pennington comes in, it's because Bielsa wants him. So Bielsa then, uh, we've not heard from him for the entirety of pre-season since that first press conference and it seems mad to say that the season starts this weekend. We will be hearing for, uh, from him for the first time since that press conference tomorrow on Friday as we record now, so Friday the 3rd of August. What are you expecting from Bielsa and what have you seen so far on the sidelines in pre-season? It's a good question. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of questions that are going to be answered tomorrow, hopefully. I, I'm hoping we'll finish inside the 80 minutes that we, uh, that we clocked up in the first press conference. But unfortunately, with, with the absence of, uh, of, uh, of talking to him, that there are a lot of questions. You know, we can go all the way back to the signing of Lewis Baker, you know, the very first incoming. We, we, we haven't actually heard from, uh, from Bielsa with his opinion on him. So we're going to have to go through all the, the, the signings that have come in, the majority of those that have gone out. Piece, piece together what he makes of the formation, what ideas he's come up with over pre-season, what he's made of the friendlies. So you're right, I mean, in the absence of that, we've had to basically do an eye test and have basically just been watching him from afar and trying to get a, a steer on what exactly he's made of things. And I've got to be honest, he's been, he's been far more reserved than I expected. Clearly, these are pre-season friendlies. There's, there's nothing riding on them other than uh, fitness, really, and, and, and some tactical practice. But... Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's been largely very reserved. Uh, there has been a, a mixture of performances over pre-season. Um, I don't think anything really has massively impressed us. I don't think they've, they've not totally outplayed anybody in pre-season. Uh, there's been some quite even games, some, some quite poor performances. The, the first half at Oxford United in particular, that really stands out. They were 3-0 down at half-time and, and by all accounts Bielsa really gave it to them at half-time and, and let them know he wasn't happy. Um, apparently he shouts and, and screams in Spanish and it's translated with shouts and screams so the players that they can see I love that a, a delayed a delayed uh, shouting off. screaming yeah. yeah so I think I think the players um, we have spoken to some of the players in pre-season thankfully they've, they've filled in some of the blanks for us um, and they they've said that they there's, there's no um, what would you say there's no confusion about, about what Bielsa thinks you know, if he's not happy it's clear to them that he's it's not it's not happy. lost in translation at all no it's quite clear I think uh, from what they're telling us anyway I mean the Atta test will be, will be the championship season but no he's been very reserved he has come out into the, into the technical area on, on a few occasions but very little he, he does remain seated for the vast majority of these games Carlos Corbran has become quite an important lieutenant I think he's, he's obviously a, a Spaniard himself speaks Spanish um, but obviously had a full season with, with the club in the under-23s last year, so he knows a lot of the lads very well. Uh, and it looks like he's actually barking more of the instructions um, via, sort of from Bielsa, if you like. So Bielsa will pass on messages and Corbran will go out into the technical area and let the players know what, what Bielsa thinks. I'm fascinated to see how Leeds line up on Sunday because Bielsa came with this reputation of playing a 3-1-3-3 formation, a bit mad, a bit wild. He's gone with a little bit of a more reserved 4-1-4-1 so far in pre-season. Do you think he'll continue that into his first few games at least? It's a very fluid situation. Um, anybody that has watched the pre-season friendlies, I've seen four of the six games and in the interests of telling people what it looks like, you'd have to say that the starting shape that he goes with is a 4-1-4-1. You know, from the kickoff, it looks like a 4-1-4-1, and clearly, football is a very fluid game that changes by the second. So, um, Bielsa has clearly given them clear instructions on what shape to be in at, at certain stages in the game, 
and yes, it does change. It does change, and they drop. They began with um, with three at the back or a five at the back, depending depending on on how you perceive the wing backs against uh, Las Palmas on Sunday. So um, yes, it could be a flat back four, it could be a three, it could be a five. Um, it's very very fluid. I mean, uh, I I put out my own prediction for the formation yesterday on our website and on Twitter. Um, and I've I've lined it up as a four and four, and just just in the interests of clarity and and for for giving them some kind of semblance of structure. Uh, and I'm thinking Peacock Farrell will start. I think he's done enough in pre-season to at least match Jamal Blackman, who came in much later. He's had much less of the pre-season. Clearly, isn't as in tune with Bielsa's ideas as Peacock Farrell because he's had more time to work with him. And Peacock Farrell's, you know, he's he's a lead player. You know, you would have to think that that they would give Peacock Farrell the benefit of the doubt because any improvement he makes is going to profit for Leeds United in the future, either as a as a player for them or as a potential transfer outgoing in the future. Jamal Blackman is Chelsea's player. Any development he makes here is going to be to Chelsea's benefit. So, Very good point. So I do think Peacock Farrell will get the nod. I think Luke Ayling and Barry Douglas pick themselves. Uh, Ayling's been phenomenal. Douglas's track record speaks for itself. Centre back. Interesting to see what they do with Pontus Janssen. Um, only returned for pre-season training at the start of this week. Hasn't been seen in, in action. Clearly, you know, began his break later, if you like. So maybe there won't be too much different in fitness because he was playing for, for much longer at the World Cup with Sweden. So Who deputises if, if Janssen doesn't start Berardi. on Keeper? I would think Berardi. Um, throughout pre-season, Berardi and Cooper have been the first-choice centre-back partnership uh, with Calvin Phillips flitting around. Um, I've, I've I've gone with Janssen just because I think his his quality is something they'll want, particularly against Stoke. Yes, I mean, and Stoke are the the pre-season title favourites. It's going to get much more difficult for Leeds on Sunday. So I think Janssen will start. I think Cooper will get the nod. It looks like he's going to have the armband. He's going to be the captain. Calvin Phillips just in front, uh, and he will drop in to make it a, a three centre backs if you like when when occasion causes for it. I think um, Pablo Hernandez will obviously get the nod on, on one of the two wings, uh, right or left. He's obviously very versatile. We're hoping we're going to get an update on Adam Forshaw tomorrow from, from Bielsa. Forshaw missed the last Palmas game with a, with a slight discomfort in his toe, we're told, and, and that was being assessed over the weekend. We've heard nothing for, for, um, for six days now or so. And Leeds fans will hope that that's more of a precaution than anything, you know, Quite leaving right. him out of that because he, he, he's a huge player. You know, he's, he's so good on the ball and he looks yeah. after the ball really well. Absolutely right. I think he's been my player of pre season. He's been absolutely brilliant. He's really, really impressed me. Him and Ailing have been the standouts for me, and it's important that, that he is back as soon as possible. So I think he will, again, I've, said, I've, I've assumed that he's going to be fit, so I think he will start in the middle. And then the, the, the other two spots in that four across the middle, if you like, are, are possibly up for debate. I've gone for Harrison because I don't think I've seen enough from Alioski. Um, there's got to be something about Harrison because Pep Guardiola's been playing him quite frequently in pre-season. So you, I don't think you can argue with it with the pre-season under Pep Guardiola. Yeah, play Pep's quite playing you're clearly a good player. Yeah, so I think, I think I'd go with Harrison either down the right or left, um, depending what they do with Hernandez. And then I'd probably go with Saiz in the middle with, with Forshaw, just to find a bit more uh, attacking creativity because you've got Phillips shielding things behind. Um, so I think Forshaw, Saiz and then Bamford in a, a bit of a front three perhaps with, with Saiz and Forshaw really getting there and supporting Bamford. If not Saiz, then maybe Klich could could play there. Like I say, he's been really impressive in pre-season and um, it, it would be... There'd be no, I'd have no problem with him playing on Sunday in a competitive game. I think he's looked very good. I think Saiz continues to look lacklustre. Uh, I've put him in there maybe more on, on past past um, successes rather than on, on current merit. Um, but but we'll see. But I think that's that's what I think the team may look like. And 
let's be honest, no matter what team Leeds put out on Sunday, Stoke are going to have a strong team because of their Premier League pedigree and because of the players they've come down from the Premier League with and they've amassed over years and years in the top flight. It's, it's, it is the hardest test on the first day of the season. It is, yes, and, and many people would actually say they'd rather have it that way. Um, I, I wasn't here at the time, but uh, I'm led to believe at the start of last season, Leeds had a fairly easy, in inverted commas, be- um, start to the season and began like a house on fire. You know, yeah, they, they it was were, a great start They, they were the top of the team yeah, weren't yeah. They, in, in autumn and everybody was getting carried away. And as it turns out, the teams they were beating were quite poor teams. So uh, Sunday will be a huge acid test, live on Sky Sports. Ellen Road's going to be absolutely rammed uh, with, with, with the, uh, the new the start of the season optimism and it's going to be fascinating because uh, Gary Rowett is no mug either Stoke seem to have the whole package they've got the squad they've got the strength and depth and they've got the manager um, and it does I mean it is going to be a huge test on Sunday I think if Leeds come out of that with, with a, at least a draw I'd consider that a good result given given how little time Bielsa has had with his team uh, and the and the, the, the the radical nature of the ideas that he's tried to impose on them and they're really going to have to get it right for 90 minutes to beat Stoke um, Leeds are, are unfortunately going to be maybe one of the few teams in the Championship that have to actually face Stoke with Jack Butland in goal because yeah. we're, we're still obviously inside the transfer window so World if, Cup if, goalkeeper if, Jack Butland If Butland's going to go on a permanent it's got to be before next Thursday and of course Stoke's game is this weekend so Leeds might be one of the very few teams that have to try and score past Jack Butland who of course is a, an England international who went to the World Cup um, so yeah, their squad, it, it looks fairly untouched to be honest. Apart from Shakiri, there's very few players they've actually lost. It's an incredibly strong team throughout and they've added to it. They've got a Phoebe, they've got James McLean, they've got Tom Ince, Proven championship performers, match winners all over the Goal park. Goal scorers. And that's what's going to get them back up next season. I think it's going to, be, unless something drastically changes, they're going to be a bit like a Newcastle United. They've come down and they've, they've retained the majority of their Premier League 11 squad, sorry. And they're going to be really hard to beat next year, especially with Rowett in charge. He knows how to get out of this league. Final word then on the championship as a whole. Leeds are floating around among the top six-ish favourites to go up. Uh, <laughs> if the bookies are to be believed, they should be aiming for a playoff place. Um, who, who are you sort of looking out for this season in terms of the sides that will be challenging at the top end of the table? We've mentioned Stoke there. Who, who else comes into that conversation? I think Stoke, like yeah, we won't, we won't dwell too much more on Stoke. I think we've said all we need to say, but yeah, I think Stoke would be my favourites. Um, Middlesbrough with Tony Pulis again, the the perennial promotion contender in the, in the Championship. Just like Gary Rowett, he knows exactly what it takes to get out of this division. Haven't quite spent as much money as as Pulis may have liked. I think Gary Monk spent an awful lot of money there last year, and, and maybe the raining it in a bit, aren't they? I, I think I think right, yeah. I think maybe they can sense FFP on the horizon, but also. Steve Gibson, the chairman there, is a very shrewd businessman. And I think he realises they have to draw the line somewhere. They're still looking strong. I mean, they haven't lost too many players. Bamford's the most high-profile departure of theirs. They've managed to bring in Aidan Flint. And if you think about Aidan Flint and, and Gibson at the back there, that's a very good centre-back pairing. You'd probably struggle to find a better centre-back pairing in the Championship. So I think Middlesbrough will be there or thereabouts. Nottingham Forest will be interesting. They've, they've really strengthened there. They've thrown money at it so to speak, is the, is the phrase, isn't it? They've really brought in some quite high-profile names, the sort of players that Wolves brought in last year, that sort of quality, that sort of money. So Forrest will be interesting, and Aitor Karanka knows what he's doing in this league. As we've just talked about, he was, he was very, very impressive with Middlesbrough and Patrick Bamford three years ago. Very, very tight at the back, really operates a very tight ship defensively, so Forrest will, will not ship many goals next season. And then you've got the likes of West Brom, Aston Villa, Derby County, West Brom maybe... 
slightly more up in the air than Stoke. They've obviously directly sold James McQueen to Stoke. But they've still got a lot of strong players. Yeah. You know, certainly defensively again, they they've got such a solid they have, back yeah, line. They have. I think I think West Brom should be should be up there, but we obviously we, we know very little about Darren Moore. Darren Moore did a very good job with West Brom at the end of our season, didn't keep them up, but that was a very that was a very tough job. So we'll see how far his stock takes him. He's obviously got a lot of credit in the bank with West Brom, so we'll see how far that takes him. Villa as is as is well well known financial troubles this 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 summer I mean recently got got out of that hole with some fresh investment um, so we'll see how their squad copes um, obviously they had a few loan signings last year they've lost the likes of John Terry they've lost Robert Snodgrass um, still con- quality there Steve Bruce like Pulis he knows what, what this division needs so maybe they will have a late run on the transfer market I think they confirmed their first uh, signing in the last few days a goalkeeper from Atletico Madrid I believe Derby County, Frank Lampard, completely unknown quality, quantity, isn't he? Um, relying a lot on youth. Um, Harry Wilson from Liverpool, Mason Mount from Chelsea. No doubt they will be very, very good footballers in five or six years' time, but but can they cut it across a 46-game championship season? I mean, Wilson did it in patches for Hull last year. Patches, yeah, he came over in the course late, of a season. Late to City. Um, time will tell, Jack Marriott. Um, he may not lead the line, but he's clearly a striker they've got high hopes for. They spent money on him from Peterborough. Golden boot winner in League One. Uh, we'll have to see how he copes with the step up. The season before that, he was in League Two with Luton, so he jumped. He jumped two divisions in two years. So we'll see how he copes with that with that jump. And Swansea City, of those three teams that have come down, Swansea look like they're going to be they're going to have the toughest task. Graham Potter, of course, un, untested at this level, did very very good work in Scandinavia with Ostersunds. So um, high hopes. He's clearly a very likable man. Really got a lot of credit with the press um, in those games against Arsenal in the Europa League. Um, but they're clearly going to lose one or two more before the start of the season. Mawson will go. They've already lost Kyle Bartley. Sam Klukas looks like he may go to Burnley. Uh, Andre Ayew has gone to Turkey. Jordan Ayew may follow him. So we'll see. Swansea certainly look the, the least stable of the three teams that have A come down. A lot of down. players still to go as well, like you say. So I think so. I think even now on paper, if they look strong, it might change in a week's time. It still seems like quite a volatile situation there. So they'll be there or thereabouts as well. Leeds... Um, who knows? I mean, of, of course we're no we're, one knows we're, Leeds. we're biased, aren't we? I mean, we, we'd love to see Leeds do well, and we really want to see them make that bridge that gap to the top six. But you can't ignore the fact that the nucleus of this squad is the nucleus that was in last year's squad. They have added to it. I can't I can't argue with that. I think that the, the strongest eleven last year is weaker than the strongest eleven sure. going into this season. Douglas, Harrison, Bamford. The, the team looks stronger. A, a, a fully fit and firing Luke Ayling. Um, but it's it's the depth. Bielsa has been questioned on it. He's clearly confident with a small squad. He's happy to take 18, 19 players into a 46-game championship season. He clearly feels as though he's prepared for that. So time will tell. Um, who knows? Fingers crossed. But you know, if, if, you, if you had to force me for it, I mean, I, I would say maybe, I would, I would at least say top half at the moment, but I, I'd be stretching a bit to say I think they're looking like a top six team at the moment. But... Bielsa's arguably the star signing. Bielsa is, is he clearly... He could be the difference. They're hanging their hat on him. He's more important than Bamford. He's more important than, than Barry Douglas. He's he, he's hugely important for improving these players from last season. Well, there we go. Uh, championship season is a matter of days away. Uh, do go online and pick your team for the game. Live Leeds United on Twitter, www.leeds-live.co.uk and you can pick your team for that game against Stoke. Um, Beren will be bringing all of the uh, all of the updates from the press conference on Friday and of course on Sunday as well.
Absolutely right. Yeah, we'll um, we'll be we'll be live blogging the game, the the press conference um, tomorrow, Friday. Um, so depending when you're listening, it may already be on the website. Um, and then on Sunday, I'll be at I'll be at Ellen Road for the for the curtain raiser against Stoke, with uh, with live updates all afternoon. Uh, kickoffs four thirty. Okay. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. Do check our website for all of that. We'll speak to you soon.